Welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. Okay, welcome to a new season of the Emergence Communities Podcast. I'm Doug Becker, and I'm joined here with none other than someone else who is not Alex Hauser. Alex, as we know, has gone on to other things, and uh, we will miss him greatly. Um, insert comments about big shoes to fill right here. But uh, So somebody who matches uh, the, um, this, this chocolatey tone that he has uh, <laughs> has been brought in. Um, and, and who is this mystery individual, you ask? Well, it is none other than our very own Kristen Gordon. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, there you go. Perf that radio. Doesn't it seem like Alex kind of had this? He did. Like, he yeah. had a radio voice. Yeah, and like it was well suited. For well, this hello and welcome back <laughs> to the yes. But I will not be. Uh, I will not be taking over his spot to, uh, with movie quotes. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's something that will remain a, a Doug and Alex thing. I mean, I might. <laughs> I might end up just doing it subconsciously. Who knows? I'm sure Who you will. And gonna I'm going to go right over my head. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, Kristen's got a lot of time on her hands, of course, of late. What's yeah. going on with you? So much time on my yes. hands, chasing after two toddlers yeah. and growing another human. So, well, <laughs> there you go. So, so Kristen is uh, just like my wife is with child. Yep. Uh, and whereas mine is going to be a little boy. Kristen is a mystery. Mystery until and the day of. Not until the day of. So. Um, maybe we could get feedback on uh, which method is preferred among you. Yeah. Do you find out in advance or do you wait for it to be a surprise? Another fun fact. So this is actually the second time Chris and I are, are doing this back and forth banter <laughs> because we went a couple minutes and I'm new to this whole thing and uh, realized this was not recording. So hopefully this is recording this time. Either that or GarageBand so is lying. So it sounds rehearsed, it was. That's right. Right. <laughs> right, up until this, right up until this point. So... Yeah, I'm glad that Kristen is with us. And Alex, if you're listening, we love you very much. And uh, We miss you, man. We miss you. We miss you. There was um, uh, a ridiculous thing that happened at lunch today, by the way, Alex. So you're, we'll fill you in later. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, everybody feel free to ask if you'd like to know. Uh, but it involves uh, none other than Steve Hawthorne, our executive pastor. Fearless leader. Yes. So... <laughs> Okay, so this is actually um, part A of the first pot of the first leadership. No, I, don't, I don't know how to even explain this, but <laughs> this is part A of lesson one from our study on the life of Abraham. And so, uh, basically, the deal is that uh, the first message is going to be uh, in the series is going to be an overview of the entire life of Abraham, and. Um, uh, this is, uh, but it's, it's, it's Genesis 1 through 11, so it's a lot of stuff. It's a long portion of text, and so we figure we'll probably uh, split it in two parts, and that would be the best way to kind of be able to address all of the interesting things that are in those chapters. Yeah, chapters 1 through 11 are packed. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to cover, 
Um, I mean, you start at the beginning, and it's like we're flying through really quick before we suddenly hit the brakes once we get to Abraham's life. Yeah, it slows down. So I'm excited down. to kind of talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Abraham's life is like a little over 100 years that we covered during the whole series. This first message covers like thousands of years. Yeah. You know, so you definitely hit the brakes. Now, Kristen says that she has a special place in her heart for Genesis. I do. Genesis is like my, it's probably my favorite book in the Bible outside of Isaiah. But I spend more time in Genesis than literally any other book of the Bible. Yeah. I, I think it's because it's, it's, I mean, it reads like a novel, but it's so full of gospel truth and pointing to the life of Jesus and just really good, good foundational stuff for every Christian to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, definitely a book of beginnings. It's where a lot of the storyline of scripture gets rolling. And so, um, and understanding how Abraham and the story kind of fits into what God has done for us in Jesus is a tremendously important part. So um, without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and just remind our leaders of a few things, and then we'll jump into Genesis uh, 1 through 11. Does that sound that like a plan? Great. I mean, what are we going to say? No, that we're not going to do that? Right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what do they need to know? So Doug? first thing, I want to thank all the group leaders who stepped up to help out with the Light Horse, Light Horse Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should with light horses, horses that don't weigh very much. Now, with the Lighthouse Pregnancy Resource Center dinners, so um, I, we were blessed to be able to uh, to fulfill um, our obligation for all the nights there, and that's going to be a great yeah, blessing. Awesome. Yeah, for an awesome ministry. If you don't know about Lighthouse, um, look them up. They're they're terrific. Um, secondly, I just want to let everybody know what's going on with the books, the study guides. For this. Oh, yeah. So every fall we make a book, right? Yeah. Last year we did Joshua. They are some awesome books, too. Oh, thank you. You're yes. welcome. Except for when I put in, like, ridiculous typos. <laughs> Always good. But I got a good proofreader this this year, so. <laughs> Is that yeah, me? She's... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, That's yeah. definitely Surprise. <laughs> yeah, a little last minute work for you. Um, but these, these actually, we're going to be doing physical copies that will be available to anybody who needs them on Sunday mornings at our services. So each chapter, though, is going to be its own thing. So you get a chapter every Sunday physically in your hand at our services. If, however, you're not at our services, there will be digital ones made available. And for group leaders, you know, it's it would be fine for you to pick them all up for everyone in your group. That's good to know because so, I've got a Zoom group and so yeah, they're going to need the PDF. That's right. A Zoop. Zoop. As we like to call them now. <laughs> got a Zoop. <laughs> yes. Kristen hosts a Zoop. A pretty awesome Zoop also. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. Shout out to them. Maybe. I don't think they do. But. Maybe one day we can pick your brain about how to lead a good yeah, Zoop. I'd happily fill you in on a good Zoop. All right. Very nice. <laughs> no Zoop for you. <laughs> There's a I reference. got that. You got it? Nice. Right? All right. We're on track. We're on track. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, we have um, every, all the groups have been assigned to area leaders um, now. So these are people who are uh, helping me um, lead all of you guys. And uh, so those are kind of like the direct, the people that you will report directly to, ask questions with, and they'll touch base about your well-being and uh, kind of help you as you uh, be there as a resource for you as you uh, serve the Lord in this ministry. If you haven't heard from your area leader, chances are it's because I'm your area leader. And the guys <laughs> who are helping out were chosen for their responsibility, whereas I was not. 
So I will be reaching out to you soon. But if you haven't heard, it's not their fault. You've been placed with me because we don't yet have enough area leaders. So, um, yeah, so I'll be getting in touch over the next week. So, um, okay, let's go ahead and dive into Genesis. All right. Well, I'm curious to know, Doug, why we're covering Genesis 1 through 11, because we're talking about the life of Abraham. We haven't even seen him yet. We don't see him yet in these chapters. Mm. I think there's a bunch of ways to to answer that question. Okay, um, uh, the way that I like to think about it is this. I mean, first of all, like um, it's not as if like like God has a reason for putting these things together, right? When He gives us the Bible, He's got a, a reason for for that that the story of Abraham comes after Genesis 11, and it makes sense if there's some kind of cohesion between them, if there's some way in which Genesis 1 through 11 sets up Abraham and makes what God does in Abraham necessary, mm-hmm. right? So this is kind of like the precursor, the opening scenes of the story, right? Um, and um, uh, the way, uh, a little bit more specifically, I like to think of it in terms of plot and conflict, okay? So I don't know if you've ever read a book that doesn't, (laughs) I I kind of wanted to follow that sentence because, but think of a book that, uh, that doesn't have a plot, right? Like think about, for example, you are as a fabulous mother, I'm sure familiar with the book, Good Night Moon. Oh yeah. 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 So what, tell me about all the action in Good Night Moon. What is, there's nothing. Right. Good night. It's like you're saying good night to everything. Uh, There's a bunny like knitting mittens and stuff (laughs) and it's very cozy. Uh, there's a really cool animated version, actually, on YouTube that our kids love to oh, watch, yeah? narrated by Susan Sarandon. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, check that out. Yeah, it's a full-length feature film. No, the reason why that sounds so silly, right, is because it's got no plot, particularly because right. it's got no conflict. Yeah. Right? It's not like there's some kind of, like, crazy crows that fly in and are like, we're going to keep the kid up all night. <laughs> right? And the Bob's got to... That would make for an interesting story. I wish you guys there's, could see what he just <laughs> There's no conflict, right? Okay. And so conflict is what drives an interesting plot forward, a compelling plot, plot a compelling <laughs> plot forward. Um, and, and, uh, and, and Genesis kind of sets that up, right? Genesis sets up the issue that God is going to be dealing with, not just through the rest of Genesis, but through the entirety of Scripture. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we are kicking off with, we've got creation, then we're introduced to Adam and Eve as being made in the likeness of God, and they have a relationship with him, and then there's this tree that they're not supposed to eat from, and they eat from it. Yes. is, I mean, I can see (laughs) why somebody who's never heard this story before would be like, it's just a piece of fruit. Yeah. What is the big deal? That seems really random, right? Yeah. Yeah, like why, yeah. So I think, uh, and if you've, uh, I, I believe I've, I've mentioned this uh, in some places before, but I, I think the, the way that I like to think about it is this. Like, so God says you can eat of any fruit of, uh, any anything in the garden, right? He provides for all their needs. Like they have no reason to complain. There's nothing that, there's no perceived need, need that they have that God is not meeting directly. Well, um, uh, except and then they're given this command, but this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat fruit from it, right? Now, so yeah, why fruit? Um, what is that? There's like, I think there might be like a WWF wrestling match going on there on the might, roof. There above might be. It. We have a very noisy building. There's a like gremlins 
in the so okay so yeah I like the way you framed it like what's the big deal about eating a piece of fruit right so I think what that does is it makes the issue disobedience itself the fact of disobedience as opposed to the severity of the action would you say that them eating the piece of fruit is is disbelieving that God is who he say says he is it, that's part of it right like because it makes that the issue as opposed to the heinousness of the action itself like if if God was like you know uh, all right uh, the one command I give you is don't murder right like you'd be like okay yeah the re like uh, th- that's an obvious uh, it, maybe the, 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 the horror of the act itself is why it's so bad. And not only that, but everybody in human history who's never murdered anyone could say, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not, right? But here it's a simple thing. And the only real, you know, the, the real problem with what they do is the fact that they have a clear command from God and they just decide, no, we're going to go with our own judgment on this one and we're going to do it anyway. And so it's the act, it's the fact of disobedience rather than the severity of the act that, um, that, uh, that is, the, I think, the reason why it's such, a, such an in, seemingly insignificant thing. And I mean, I, God does give them why, why he doesn't want yes. them to eat of the fruit, for yeah. they will surely die. Yeah. And I mean, so my son, he's three, and mm. he is in the why phase. Oh, yes. Everything is why. Yeah. It drives me a little bit crazy. God gave them the why up front, and they did it anyway, and I would assume that that means that they just didn't believe necessarily that God was telling them the truth in that, in that yep. moment. Yeah, and, and that's kind of instigated by the serpent, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways, you, like paths you can go down here. But one of the things he says is like, basically, God's being a cosmic party pooper here, right? Like, he, he doesn't want you to have that, because there's something he's withholding from you. And if you just had that thing, then you would be fulfilled. God doesn't want you to have it, because he knows that you'll be like him, if you mm-hmm. eat that, right? And, and, it's the de- and it's the desire for that that's the problem. But what's crazy is we already know they are like God. They are created in the likeness of God. Yeah, but they're not content with that. No. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting... Yeah, I didn't even think of that angle on it. But yeah, they've yeah. already got that in yeah. the way that God wants them to have it. Right. And I think that there's, there's a lot of similarity between um, sin issues that we struggle with every day, right? Where... Um, we have a clear directive from God, you know, like we're pretty sure God wants us to do this from scripture, but I'm going to start looking at it and figuring out like whether it's actually good for me to do this, right? Like, and that's what the... Asking that, that age old question, did God really say? Did God really say? Exactly. Um, not to, uh, yeah, there's so many different angles on this. So like, you know, she starts to, uh, the woman evaluates it with her own judgment mm-hmm. as opposed to God's command. So she sees it's a delight to the eyes mm-hmm. and, and, and desirable to make one wise. And so, like, in other words, she can make a good case as to why she should have this now. Sure. Right? And then, yeah, uh, like, uh, also the, the consequence that you, you mentioned, Kristen, this uh, you shall surely die, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's hard to read this. There's actually even an interesting, I think it was a book I read a while back, Oh, no, I think it's an article in a book called Did the Serpent Tell the Truth? Hmm. Because on the day they ate of it, they did not physically die. Right. 
right? And I think there's an element of spiritual death, right? They're yeah. cut off from the tree of life that's in God. But that, that death does come eventually, yeah. and that's another big theme in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I think what, what we see Eve do is she, and I've, I've heard it taught like this before, but the, the framework that we're seeing established here is what we see again and again and again throughout the Bible, that she saw, yes. she desired, she took. Yes. And that's like the circle of, of sin yep. um, that we're going to see play out <laughs> That's <lot>. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, there are subtle ways in which other events in Genesis are connected to this. Yeah. I think, for example, of later on in Genesis 16, we're going to see when Sarah, Sarai is her name then, right, uh, gives her Egyptian maidservant to Abraham to mm. produce a son through him. And it says, so she took... And gave to her mm-hmm. husband, right? Which is Whoa. similar. Yeah, the last time Never we saw that sequence that of herbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how does, anywho. once they've taken the fruit, mm. they've eaten of it, um, in Genesis 3, that's where we see the fall. How does yeah. that portray the damage that sin does? Mm. Yeah, so. So we talked about the death. But yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, the death. And, and the death, then the thing about the death too, right, is that it's like, it's this idea of like, it's a delayed consequence, which for some reason makes us feel less compelled, right? Like, it's, I, think that, I think that's the reason why, like, uh, pe- more people are likely to smoke than to, like, use heroin, right? Because right? if I smoke, probably, but what, 40 years down the line, I'm going to get lung problems. I'm, I might get I might get cancer, <laughs> right? As opposed to, like, if I use heroin within, you know, a There's pretty a short pretty amount guaranteed. of time, it'll blow through everything, yeah. right? There's this yeah. delayed consequence sure. thing. But, um, yeah, so, but the, the question you ask here um, is uh, the, this idea of, like, what what are the, you know, some of the damage that sin does that we see here? Exactly. And, I, yeah, I, I think the big one is this idea of being being ashamed, mm-hmm. right? This idea of this introduction of shame, because at the end of chapter two, what does it say? They were naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. Which we look at that and we're kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, but think about it, even more so ancient Hebrews, right? Yeah. Like how scandalous that is. Yeah. But the idea is like, we see each other and we know that it, it's a p- p- picture of intimacy, mm-hmm. right? And, but then once sin gets into the picture, we try to cover up and we hide from each other. And so there's that hiding. And um, I think one way to kind of think of just like person-to-person interaction, uh, you know, to think about it theologically, is that there are ways in which we all hide from one another, mm-hmm. where we all try to cover our sin and our shame. And um, part of that reestablishment is is the acceptance of one another's imperfection. You know, okay. this, yeah. this this idea of like love accepts a person as they are. And um, so that's that's yeah. a, a relational brokenness. Um, relational, yeah. But what about our brokenness to God? So they don't only hide from one another, right? They hide from <laughs> right. they hide from God, right? Which seemed I always read that and was like, are they are they dumb? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like why is why are they hiding? They know who God is. Yep. But I guess they just express that they disbelieve that He is who He says He is. So maybe they think they really can. Yeah. Can hide from Him. Yeah, yeah. It's you know what it reminds me of. Um, I used to have a dog, a little cockapoo growing up, right? <laughs> so this little... She I, was, can, I can picture this, that. This fuzzy little black dog. <laughs> she was so cute. And she would poop. And and a lot of dogs, went, well, not every dog, but uh, but some dogs try to cover their poop up by sure. 
by taking their feet and kicking in back of them. (laughs) And she would turn away from the poop and then do that in a totally different direction. So it's like she she realized she had something that she wanted to cover up, but she really sucked at it. (laughs) And I think that's how it is with this. In fact, there's there's hints in this text that it's kind of like that. Mm. The the Mm -hmm. word that's used for loincloths, everywhere else it, it appears in Scripture, is a belt. So it's the idea that it's a, it might even be the idea like they try to make for themselves covering, but they're still like really skimpy. So gotcha. they're kind of like trying to hide behind like a pencil. <laughs> like, do they see me? You know, and then yeah. God comes and they try to hide from him. And it, like he's got no problem. He's like, yeah. um, you he know, humors it. He's like, where, where are you? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, it's like what I do with my two year old daughter yeah. when she is like holding her hand in front of her face. Yeah, like, okay, oh, exactly. Yeah. Where did oh, you go? He disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that that's exactly what it is. And and it's this idea of, um, you know, now they have something to be afraid of with the presence of God mm. there. Right. I, oh, I, yeah. I heard I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid mm-hmm. rather than like I was glad that you were here. Um, I'd kind of rather be here without you now, God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's this rupture in the relationship that sin has done. And then it turns them against one another. Right. Because the first thing they start doing Immediate is blaming blame each other. Yeah. yeah. Immediate blame shift. And not only blaming one another, but kind of blaming God. Yeah. The woman whom you gave to be with me. Yeah. Right? In fact, even just reading this this narrative, mm-hmm. what's one of the first questions people ask? Why would God put a tree there? <laughs> right. The tree that you put there is right. the one that we ate. You know right. what I mean? It's like your fault. As if that absolves. That tree is there. Right. That as, we weren't allowed to eat. Exactly. And this woman that you made yep. to be with me. Yeah. The one who convinced me. Yeah. You gave it. Yeah. Um, That interestingly is picked up by Potiphar's wife at the end of uh, Genesis, Mm -hmm. where she goes to her husband. He's like, the the Hebrew slave whom you brought. Right? Trying to. Yeah. There's there's all these weird connections throughout. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. Huh. So that's so that's a, you know and then um, and then of course when you know when the judgment comes and they're exiled from the presence of God yeah um, there's this idea that they're they're exiled to the east okay okay so if you think of it um, east of yeah exactly well exactly that's a very significant um, Steinbeck you yeah. know really picked a good title there um, so the idea is this um, the the entrance to the Garden of Eden apparently is on the east. Okay. And so they move east. They're moving further away from the entrance, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's not without coincidence then that the tabernacle in Israel and later the temple, where is its entrance? On the east. And God places what kind of being to guard the entrance to the garden? A cherub, right? right? What are embroidered on the entrances to the... Ah. Tabernacle and the right cherubim, okay. and you go in and there's like so, floral imagery. So is is it representative of the presence of God? The presence of God, yeah, and that and that like in order to to gain what was lost in Eden, now you must come and do all these things to maintain the presence of God. Whereas you initially walked in an even holier place, naked and unashamed, now you come by the blood of your animals and by the. You know what I mean? And right. by the adherence, and, and only one of you can really come in, mm-hmm. right? And there's this idea of holiness and, and that. Um, and so this this exile to the east, and then when, when we have the, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, right? But then, <laughs> Just a tad. But then with Cain, mm-hmm. right, when he, when he gets in trouble, he's exiled yeah. further east. Ah, so this idea I of see. like for so mankind it's, it's like is. A distancing of, man, 
yep. of mankind to, to God's presence. Further away from the presence of God, exactly. So so the the sin happens. How how does God show them grace? Like we've talking we're talking about him kind of removing them from the garden and and putting up barriers to to his presence. How why is that considered grace? Is that what we're calling grace? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we see God's grace in a bunch of places here, right? Like, so the first of, first of all, he knows exactly what happened, and yet he comes looking for them. Mm-hmm. So I even think that where are you is, is God's come seeking the lost now, Okay. right? And then, um, and then uh, you know, after, after this whole ordeal happens, what does he do? He, he clothes them. He says, mm-hmm. all right. The, you're obviously um, no experts in sewing, so <laughs> I'm going to take these uh, this these leaves and I'm going to cut and I will take animal skins and cover you with that. Right, mm-hmm. so he hide he hides their shame. Now I've I've heard that talked about is it's kind of like the first sacrifice. Is that I've heard it said. Yeah, I feel uh, <laughs> the yeah. look on your face. Uh, what do you? Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> I don't, after I make that kind of look, I guess asking you what you think is not. A, yeah. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Is that is I would that say that I'd feel there? I'd feel more comfortable if I can make some kind of explicit connection with <laughs> uh, sacrifice. Like if if there were sacri- if there was sacrificial language or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like, well, we don't see sacrifice here for a while now. Uh, well, you get it in you get it in Cain and Abel. There is it's in the beginning of that story. Okay. But you're right. I mean, in terms of like. It becoming an institution of... Yes. Yeah. Something to deal with sin explicitly. Yeah. It's not until you get to, like, Leviticus that right. you see that. Right, That's an important I mean, thing. We, we see the sacrifice of animals again. It's, like, again, I'm mm-hmm. moving ahead, but with the covenant. But it's... Right. With Abraham. But it's not necessarily... And, you're yeah, you're absolutely connect, correct. And even with Noah, right? And... But uh, the thing to remember about sacrifice is it's not... Uh, atonement for sin is not the only reason for sacrifice. And it's... It doesn't seem as if a lot of these sacrifice, as if that's the mentality between a lot of the sacrifice yeah, that happens in Genesis. There's different reasons it's happening. Correct. Yeah. The, yeah although okay. the 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 one thing that might push back, well, there's a few things that might push back against that. Uh, one of the big ones is that with Noah, right after he finishes the the, the after the flood is done. He sacrifices to God, and it says that a soothing aroma went up before mm. the Lord. That's sort of sac- sacrificial yeah. language. That, uh, I'm sorry, like appeasement language, okay. right? Like that God needs to be, that the sacrifice changes something about God's heart towards mankind. Mm. Yeah, Really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mentioned it when we first started that the Genesis is full of glimmers of the gospel. Where would you say is our first kind of glimpse of that funny you ask (laughs) funny you should ask yeah another mark of god's grace right so yeah um actually in uh so in the uh in what he has to say to the woman so um you're you're talking about i'm talking 315 yes to be specific right so um actually sorry it's not to the woman it's to the serpent what an idiot i am (laughs) Okay. Yes. So <laughs> first he's thing talking about he the tells woman, yes, yes. He's t- okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a long day. Okay. Um, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, can you can you pick that apart a little bit and tell me why that's the gospel? Okay. It sounds fun. It just sounds really <laughs> funny. It sounds more like a curse than like the good news. <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, it depends on who uh, who's the recipient here, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, 
I think the first thing to keep in mind is that, like, the idea, the way that I like to think of it is that um, Christ in Scripture is kind of like um, some something that comes into focus gradually. Mm-hmm. So right here, this is like the first glimmer. The, the seeds are, you have no idea what it's going to look like. Yeah. What you're given here is that God is promising that there will be ultimate victory over the serpent and what he has wrought. So that's the, he shall bruise your head? Yes, and that he will do it through an off, the offspring of a woman. Mm-hmm. In fact, one might also say that he will do it through an individual offspring of the woman. Hmm. Uh, perhaps a male, okay? The, but the problem with that is, but I don't know if you can, just because of the way genders work in Hebrew, I don't know if you could be that specific. Because if you wanted to just generically speak about them, you would use the masculine, right? As oh, opposed okay. to, yeah. Um but uh, the, one of the tricky things here, sometimes people will give a little bit of pushback here, is that, um, you know, because at the end it shifts to a he. This offspring is a he. Right. Um, it's an individual. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's pointed out that the word offspring or seed, it can also be translated, is collective. And you would use a singular pronoun to refer to it anyway. So if I'm referring to, like, all my future seed, yeah. I could refer to it with singular verbs, singular sure. pronouns. Uh, and I don't have time to go back and forth into the case for yeah, you're bringing up a the lot pros of and cons. In my, in but, my but, head. but either way, what this is telling us is there's going to be a happy ending, and it's going to be through the offspring of a okay. woman. And, and so it, it's legit. Every time as you go through Genesis now, whenever you see uh, the word offspring or seed, okay, those are the same words. Yeah. Like this is kind of like okay, the conflict's been introduced. Here's how it's going to be resolved. Is it going to be now? Is it going to be now? Like yeah. pretend as if you don't know that yeah. there's almost two thousand pages in your Bible. Well, I mean, yeah. when we we jump ahead a little bit to when Eve has her kids. Mm. She's like here to let's here talk. Yeah, let's let. What about <laughs> those kids, Kristen? What what? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. They have it like a huge storyline. It's like the first murder. Right? Known mm. to man. Yeah, yeah. And the storyline, I mean, it happens right in the first few chapters. But when when they're born, I don't even know Speaking what... Speaking about murder, Alex has been killing it in real estate. Oh, yeah. that. Don't do that again, does <laughs> I'm going to drop those in. I'm going to drop those in to test him <laughs> to make sure that he's listening, like, not just to the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Uh, so she conceived and bore Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Mm. Um, and so is it fair to say that she's thinking like, all right, he's here. I think, um, <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah. The and one I think, who saved us And all. I think the reader's supposed to be thinking, all right, yeah. is this it? Yeah. That yeah. would make for a short story, but. Yeah, it certainly would. The Bible would be pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even there with, you know, uh, even there without the explicit language of offspring or seed, right? Like just, mm-hmm. just following directly on that, you're kind of like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, but what is their function the Cain and Abel story? What's their function in, yeah. in Genesis? So, um. I think what what now will starts happening with the plot is it shows how serious this conflict actually mm-hmm. is. That this issue of sin doesn't stop with the problem yeah. of eating a piece of fruit, right? Yeah. It spreads to everyone and it gets worse. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing we are really going to be able to do on our own to change that. Mm-hmm. And so within one generation, things are way worse. 
there's a number of things that are very similar between the Cain and Abel story and the Genesis story, mm-hmm. uh, or the, the sorry, the the, the, the <laughs> eating the fruit in the garden story. Sure. Um, for example, um, you know, um, uh, God, uh, when God tells, um, what, when the sin happens, right, God comes looking and asking a where question, right? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Where is your brother? Right? And then there's some kind of deflection, right? The woman you gave to me, but now Cain snaps back. Yeah. How should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. So even his attitude towards God is worse, right? Mm-hmm. There's punishment further to the east, right? Mm-hmm. There's, um, and not to mention that just on the surface level, right? Like the first one was eating the fruit and now it's murder. You just yeah. killed your brother. It, a, a, a theme that, that recurs throughout Genesis. pretty quickly, this mudslide. Yeah, it goes, yeah. Well, that escalated quickly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, that's, um, and of course, conflict between brothers is something that we see a lot of in Genesis. And this kind of sets the stage for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What I find when I was reading through this, preparing for our, our discussion, something that kind of struck me that never I never really noticed before. When God is talking to Cain, mm. right after he has given a sacrifice that um, is displeasing to the Lord. Yeah. God says to him, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. He does. He never says, like, if you don't do well, I am not accepting you. He he doesn't go there, but he it's like a warning that the sin is there. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, he's, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's like Cain is putting that, that temptation there. Yeah. Um, and oh, his own yeah, disappointment yeah, yeah. of himself. It's not God. God's like, just don't, yeah. yeah he's like, don't, you don't have to don't do even, this, man. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to earn yep. my approval. Yeah. You, ha- you have it, but sin is there if you feel you don't have it. It's, it, it takes me back to like a people pleasing kind of mentality. Mm. Like yeah. you constantly want to please. And if somebody is unpleased with you, no matter how insignificant they might be in your life, yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, you, take yeah. it, you take that criticism hard. Yeah, yeah. If that is something that you struggle with, um, and so yeah, I just I don't know that really popped out to me this time. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Um, God definitely gives him an out. And here's another interesting connection between this. So there, there was a, an interesting insight. Now here's an insight that you're not going to be able to use at all. Oh, great. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that ambiguous thing that God says to the woman in chapter 3 where he says that your husband's desire shall be contrary to... Sorry, your, your desire shall be for your, your husband, husband, but he too. shall rule over yeah. you, is actually almost identical to uh, sin's desire is for you, but you must rule mm, over it. Yeah, what he said and, right after that. And th- there's probably no real strong conceptual links there, <laughs> except the only thing I've ever been able to make of that is that the writer wants us to see these events as connected. Hmm. And so he puts a bunch similar of... Similar language. Yeah, he puts like a bunch of like stakes in them that kind of tie them together, okay. you know. The other thing that question that sometimes comes up with this Cain and Abel story is like, why does God prefer Abel's offering? I really, honestly, always wondered that. Like, yeah. what's wrong? What's wrong, what's wrong? with the fruit? What's and wrong I, with the food? <laughs> and I think part of the answer is nothing. There's nothing wrong with Cain's offering, right? It doesn't say God was displeased, hmm. right? It just doesn't say he didn't. He, he, he was preferred. He preferred it, right? Like yeah. he he. He, he had regard, it says. He had regard, right? He, yeah. For Abel. For Abel and his offering. And I think that it's in the language of it itself, where um, it says that 
Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, which is totally acceptable in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. The Israelites are commanded to bring offerings like that. But Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. Yeah. So the most valuable animal mm-hmm. and the most valuable parts of it. I did wonder so if he that gave had his something very best. to do with that. Yep. Like, did, was he munching on the very best <laughs> strawberry and handing That's over right, yeah. the smaller? Here, this is for... <laughs> what, slightly greener ones. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the box that you could... The Misfits box. He's like, I'm going to give you the Misfits box, God. Well, I mean, yeah. I think what God is saying to him is, like, that your your offering isn't the issue, it's your heart that's it's your issue. It's your heart and that Abel's giving me his very best. Yeah. Yeah, like... And that's why he has regard for it. And, but Cain just gets jealous of his brother mm-hmm. at that, which is kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can kind of relate to that, right? Yeah, like some, absolutely. Like growing jealous of someone's devotion to God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can I can relate to that. And, um, yeah. Well, I, j- I still love here. I mean, the Lord really engages Cain mm-hmm. in, in yes. this time. And he's... He's basically telling him, like, sin's here. It's crouching at the door. It wants you. Um, So I kind of wonder what would it have looked like if things went well, if Cain didn't continue to get angry and get jealous. You mean even after he killed his brother? No, right before. Oh, if if he had mastered (laughs) his sin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How would would that change change the story? I mean... I don't know. It might not have made it... It wouldn't (laughs) really have contributed much to the plot (laughs) of just... <laughs> uh, this 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 spiral downward. This, yeah. But I mean, yeah, um, yeah. How would that story have looked differently? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's easy, it's easy for us to give in to that temptation, mm-hmm. and we it's easy to see how Cain eventually gets to that point yeah. where he kills his brother. Um, yeah. But, you know what? What's the opposite? The opposite of that. Yep. Yep. And uh, so yeah, and God's grace is shown here as well in that um, you know Cain. Uh, is uh, now now n- notice too how Adam's punishment was related to the ground from which he was taken, right? It's going to mm-hmm. yield thorns and thistles. And now uh, he, that's frustrated even worse in verse 12. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's even more so. Um, and... Um, and Cain complains about this, right? My punish, this punishment is too great. And in particular, he's worried that someone, that he's going to be killed. Hmm. All right, if someone Ironic. finds me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true. And God protects him and he puts a mark on him. And, and uh, you know, with hmm. some kind of signification of divine vengeance on anybody who would attack him. I know we're getting to the end, but can I just ask why? Why? Why does he get this, this uh, protection on him? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just, I guess it's just God being merciful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a bunch of things here that, uh, that are dropped in the narrative to give us both hope and to show that God is not being unreasonable in Mm -hmm. his judgments, that his judgments are, he's a God of judgment, but he's also a God of, of grace and salvation. Mm -hmm. And that, um, those two are not things to be, to be, to be separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a God who is elsewhere in the Old Testament confessed to be um, slow to anger and abounding in love and kindness. And we're, we're seeing that right here. Yeah. Because, I mean, he could have just been like, all right, Cain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, someone will kill you and you. it would serve you right. <laughs> yeah. That would be poetic justice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's um, kind of it's the justice that we often want to see. Yeah. Um, but yes. We're, we're thankful when it's delayed against us. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then there it is. Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Even further east. Even yeah. Further east. Then he has some some kids, right, and builds a city. Enoch. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's an Enoch in Cain's line and an Enoch in Seth's line in chapter five. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's also a Lamech in, yeah. each, in each. I always thought it was Lamech. Lamech. Uh, Lamech. <laughs> Uh, the, the pronunciation, I'll tell you what the pronunciation is. Uh, and while we're, while I'm looking up the pronunciation. <laughs> There's um, a lot of names in here that would, uh. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah. Like we say Eve, we don't say Chava, right? Like, uh-huh. yeah. So like you kind of have to draw the line at being super <laughs> stupid about, like, I'm not like uh, Yaakov, you know, and Avraham, you know. But um, we we do get into a bit of a, a lineage here. We a list of or a, a list of names, and I think it's always easy to just kind of like run through them without paying much attention to the names that are being listed. Oh yeah. But but they're super important to kind of track with because a lot of the time there's a, like in future chapters of Genesis, um, mm-hmm. or any any of the first five books even. Yeah. You're pointed back to some of these names that have been established, and you kind of get a backstory when you when you recognize them. Yeah, different things that are attached. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, fun fact. So the actual pronunciation here is at least the way it's pointed in the Masoretic Hebrew text okay. is Lemek. Lemek. I was r- yeah. more right than you. You were more, much more right than me. <laughs> yeah. I get an F. <laughs> I get a You D. fail, sir. <laughs> you fail. That's nice. it. I'm trying to pull. I'm trying to make that sound like the movie I'm referencing. I couldn't tell. I didn't um, know you were referencing a movie. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> all right. So what's what's this guy's deal? What's la- why does the text pause to tell us about this weirdo? Are we dumping into Lamech now? Yeah. Why? Why not? Why not? And then we'll we'll, we'll finish it off with that. Well, so Lamech took two wives. So he's going a step further yeah. than uh, any of the others before so, him. So for those who point to the. Ex- Seeming acceptance of polygamy in the well, Old Testament. There's descriptive. Yeah, there's descriptive, there's pre-cancer, and it's worth noting that most of the time it ends up in disaster. It's, it goes poorly. And that the those. and that the first polygamist is this cheese ball. This dude. Yeah. Uh, this uh, knucklehead. <laughs> wah, wah. He says to his wives, who yeah. are Ada and Zilla. Mm-hmm. Hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If, Cain, if Cain's vengeance is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. I like that he's speaking in a third person. Yeah, yeah. Doug likes to do that too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then right after that, we're back to Adam and Eve, who have Seth. But what's really in- Lamech? This is the we're just kind of being introduced to mm-hmm. him here, right? We, we yeah. see him again. Uh, well, we see a different Lamech. Okay. And yeah, so oh, so these are okay. two different lines. Yeah, yeah. They're two in, different, in chapter totally five. different lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought the, they were kind of the same. Like, these are the descendants through Cain, and uh-huh. then in chapter five we get through Seth, who so is the son Lamech who... So there's a and an Enoch through Seth as well as yes. through... Yes, yep. Wow, they just ran out of good names, huh? Yeah, there's, I mean... You got to think about how far back in the record we are, and it's not uncommon. We were talking about this the other day in here, actually, with, with Franey, 
about how often in the Bible names are kind of swapped they with, have, like they definitely weren't their actual, that's it's, what. It's more tied to the story. Right, like no one no one names their kid Kushan Rishatayim, <laughs> Kushan of double wickedness. Really, that's on my list yeah. of names. <laughs> <laughs> or remember in Genesis 14, Shemeber, the name is lost, right? Oh, like, that's definitely on my list of yeah. names. So I usually give the biblical writers a little bit of latitude, like they're okay. allowed to name people certain things, okay. uh, you know, like. Yeah, like but, if, if they if someone wrote a book and just decided to call me Four Eyes, you know, like <laughs> okay, I don't think so, it's yeah. Well, my question though is then like is Lamex is the point of him bragging about killing? He's now bragging. He's bragging about, about it about killing. And notice how twisted the vengeance is too. So God says, if anybody kills Cain, it will be avenged sevenfold. Yeah, which I think is a Christian metal band. Also, oh, that's a hardcore <laughs> name for a band, avenged sevenfold. <laughs> Like you're not you're not playing like acoustic folk songs if that's the name of your band. But then um but then he says, if anybody harms me, if anyone strikes me, ah. right, seventy-seven fold. Yeah. Which probably could be what Jesus is referencing. You'll forgive seventy seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or seventy He's, times seven. It's a, it's unclear which one it is. Right. Well is but, it yeah. seven considered like Yeah, it's a very biblical yeah, biblical it's a very good round number, number. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the point is just to show just how far we've fallen that it's given, from, yeah. from the presence of God. Yep. Not only has he married two women, he's now killing people and bragging about it and kind of set us, setting us up for Seth and what's yeah. to follow with, with Noah, correct? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's setting us... And and, and uh, we'll pick up next, uh, next week on that verse 25... Because that's, um, you know, kind of sets us going in another trajectory. Sure. But, yeah, that's exactly the point. Is so that stuff is, line. it's spiraling down. It's getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things are not getting better. They're, they're, they're getting worse. Another noteworthy thing. Um, so, uh, um, and, and it's interesting. I've seen, I've see, saw this pointed out in a commentary several years ago. And um, it's unclear whether we're supposed to do anything with this or not. But it is interesting that these people who are founding institutions of civilization, Mm -hmm. city building, um, metallurgy here, music, animal husbandry, livestock, right? These, uh, you know, two-ball cane and and all these people here, that they are found in the lineage of Cain, which where there's the emphasis is on sin. Hmm. Yeah. That that perhaps this might be saying that human in- institutions and civilization and development and 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 you know even the arts and stuff like that are particularly susceptible to. Hmm. I don't know if I'd attach a hundred percent probability on that, yeah. but it's interesting and it's possible. What, uh, what I, I think, what, yeah. I mean, what I've heard heard taught before is that we're seeing we're beginning just beginning to see the kind of distinction of a righteous line and an unrighteous line. Okay, so I do have a thought on that. Okay. So I think that um, the text is organized in a certain way to tell a certain story. Sure. I don't think that that, that that commits us to the idea that everyone in one line is damned to hell. Well. And everyone is. No, because we see outliers. And yes. it's, it's yeah. like Moses who wrote Genesis. Yeah. It's like when he continuously points out to, he's talking to Israel. Yeah. 
in these, he's kind of narrating to them their own history, right? Yep, yep. Um, and so as Moses is t- telling Israel of their history, he's constantly pulling out these people from the so-called unrighteous line yep. to be like, hey, they're actually more righteous than you are. And there's, exactly, and there's actually a lot in Genesis that gives precedent to that, right? Where the people who are in the line are sometimes doing worse than the things than the people outside of the the, the chosen right, line. Right. So I think Genesis does a lot to subvert the idea that yeah. there's a righteous yeah. line. In fact, in all fairness, right, in chapter 5, we're told nothing about anyone's moral standing <laughs> except for Enoch and yeah. Noah's father. Yeah. Right? So like it's not as if we 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 know like that Mahalalel right. was a godly righteous man. Right. No, all we know is he's in Seth's lineage and yeah. I that's what I think the text allows us yeah. to say. So that's why I stray away from righteous line versus unrighteous line. Although I do think it's fair game to say that like one seems to be more associated with bad stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just because the narrator is telling it in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting stuff. I could sit here for the rest of the day, but I think we're, we're probably at the end of our, yes. <laughs> end of our time. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, I forgot, I have not yet set GarageBand, the thing I'm recording on, to tell me the time instead it's telling me the beats so i can say we're 100 we're we're 1451 beats into this podcast yeah, I don't think that's however helpful. long that's been i have no idea so um next week i'll be more conscious of the time i suppose so look for part b on monday awesome um so I, we will be making every effort to get that out to you um by the early afternoon on monday so it's good to be back with you leaders Thank you for serving. And thanks for letting me join in. Oh, uh, I'm greatly looking forward to uh, to, to discussing uh, this with you, Kristen. I think that uh, you uh, are a worthy successor. Yes, to, thank you. Yes. <laughs> we our, still miss you, Alex. Yes, we miss you very much, Alex. You better be at lead well. <laughs> All right. For, until then, sayonara. <laughs>